One of the house founders, Adi, is, is a woman CEO. And it was just very amazing to work at House and work under her leadership, especially in a world where it is much more male dominated. So I think having that inspiration made me realize that it's something that I can do as well. And I think seeing that example made me realize that, oh, I, I can also do that. From the Advancing Women in Tech podcast, this series on female founders highlights their unique ways of stumbling into the startup world, the companies they're currently building, and what they've learned along the way. I'm Marissa Loren, and today we're talking about how Sonka Vu took her learnings as a product manager and built Alta, a tool that allows everyday people to build and launch mobile apps without coding. In 2021, like many, Sonka Vu was working her full-time job, but also building side projects in her spare time. She'd been working in project management for the last five years and seen all that it takes to erect an app, but also knew the struggles of wanting to build an app without being technical. So in 2021, she quit her full-time job and began building Alta full-time. I started Alta a year ago, so I quit my job last September. And I was formerly working in product management for the past five years. And Alta really came out of my experiences as a product manager and then also as someone who is trying to build side projects um, at the same time as I was working. And Alta is a no-code tool to build mobile apps. So my strong belief as someone who studied both business and engineering is that if you are able to use PowerPoint and Excel, you should be able to build real working applications. And a lot of the reason that we built Alta is to really reach out to those non-technical makers. So people who have a great idea, a great vision, but didn't necessarily study computer science. Um, and we wanna build a tool that really helps them bring their visions to life. Was there a specific experience that you had that led you to wanna work on this specific problem? There were multiple different things that really made me want to work on this specific problem. So I mentioned that I previously worked in product management and one of the big experiences that I had there was really just seeing how quickly websites and new web features can be launched. So I've had an opportunity to work at companies inclu at, including Zillow, Amazon, and most recently House. And it's just so impressive how teams around the world are able to launch new features every day and run dozens of A-B tests at the same time. But when it came to mobile apps, it was always very challenging. So it would take months to build out a certain flow on mobile and get it through the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store versus we'd be able to have iterated multiple times on our, our desktop experience. Or it would just be really challenging to do A-B testing or collect analytics on our mobile apps versus on our website. And then I just noticed that a lot of folks are actually accessing the internet on mobile. So today, over 90% of internet usage is on mobile devices. And the fact that it's so challenging for anyone to build a mobile app or iterate on their mobile apps is, is a huge pain point. And it's also a huge opportunity. And then another experience that really impacted me that made me want to build a platform to build mobile apps is I had an idea 
to build a mobile app to basically share neighborhood events. And although I was working on it with a, a designer and a software engineer that was very experienced, what we quickly realized was that we were not able to launch this on all the platforms that our users demanded. So we started out on iOS because the developer I was working with was primarily an iOS engineer. And then we realized, oh, we should quickly pivot to React Native so that we could launch a Android version. And then suddenly everybody also wanted a mobile web and a desktop web version. And with a small team of three working on the side, it wasn't going to be enough time or enough resources to cover all of those spaces. And my belief is every business has this problem, whether you are you know, a solopreneur or a very large company, you still have to release your experiences where your users are. And today your users aren't just in one place. They might be on their computer at work, but then they might wanna check in on your platform as they're driving to pick up their kids or as they're at a football game. So being able to release new features across all of these different platforms at the same time just continues to be so important for companies of every size. And we haven't solved it, but how do we upskill other individuals who might not necessarily have the technical background to help fill out these gaps? So I spend a lot of time talking with marketers, product managers, designers, and founders, and teach them how they can use their skills to really build applications without necessarily having to also hire a really big engineering team. So it sounds like there's a lot of engineering and business that goes into what you do. And you studied both at Stanford and at Wharton. Can you talk a little bit about how you came to develop the skills that that you needed for building a company like this? So it's interesting that you asked that because I was born in Vietnam and my family came to the U.S. when I was five. So I had no idea about the world of computer science or technology when I came to the U.S. And even growing up, I always thought that I would be a civil engineer or do something much more, I would say, focused on building real real infrastructure. So uh, when I initially went to Stanford, I thought, okay, I'm going to major in civil engineering. So I spent the first two years there really taking a lot of civil engineering courses, a few architecture courses, and a couple uh, product design courses, including one from Scott Clemmer called Human Computer Interaction. And it was really interesting because I think being in Silicon Valley influenced the opportunities that I saw, especially in new technologies. And after doing a couple of civil engineering internships and spending time, you know, at the construction site, or uh, one of my first jobs was counting cars for the city of Spokane to basically time their traffic lights, I realized that I didn't necessarily want to do civil engineering and be out in the field. However, I really love the idea of building things or talking to people and understanding their problems and then being able to help them create something that that really resolves their problems. So at Stanford, I ended up studying management science and engineering, which is a really great combination of business and engineering. And it really helped me realize that there's a lot of opportunity out there to apply business skills in the tech field. And so Sunka Vu did just that after a stint in management consulting and studying entrepreneurship and marketing at Wharton. She launched into a career in product management, 
where she began to work on teams that were developing websites and apps. But ultimately, all the twists and turns of her career led her to entrepreneurship. I would say that once again, it's it's a collection of moments, but it's also seeing the people that are around you and how they impact and influence you. So one of the house founders, Adi, is, is a woman CEO, and she is one of the few women CEOs to have started a unicorn company. And it was just very amazing to work at House and work under her leadership and be able to see someone be very successful, um, especially at a in a world where it is much more male dominated. So I think having that inspiration made me realize that it's something that I can do as well. I think that I had always been interested in startups and businesses, but never necessarily thought that I would be the founder. And I think seeing that example made me realize that, oh, I, I can also do that. And I think that with COVID and everything that changed in the world, I realized that if I never tried to do that, I would have regrets. So I think, you know, with the experience of everything that changed in the world, I want to live a life that I don't have regrets. So once you made that decision that you were going to, you know, start down your own path, what were the first steps that you took? I think that um, it's really important when you're going to make such a big life decision to have a few things in place. So one of the things I think about is, do you have your foundation in place? So kind of going back to that, that home uh, analogy where do you have savings? Do you have a enough of a nest egg so that you can go and pursue whatever your dream is for the next year or two. So that was really important to me. I had luckily worked in tech for the last five years, especially after business school. So I felt comfortable in order to kind of basically not get paid and bootstrap for six to 12 months. So that was the first step. And then I think the second step was interviewing different people I knew to validate that there was a problem and that my potential solution was something that could work. So I ended up interviewing about 50 friends and friends of friends that were founders, that were product managers and designers, and just really validated that this was something that the market needed. And I just heard so many founders tell me about their pain points on hiring engineers or spending 50 to $100,000 to build an app and then running out of money and being unable to really iterate on their application. So I knew that the pain was there and that the solutions that are out there today don't really address the problem. And then the third team thing is really finding the team. So I think, you know, finding the right people, recruiting a designer, recruiting a engineer and being able to have that team in place was something that was important to me. I think some people can do that after they quit, but I think for me, I needed to have those three things in place before I quit my job. And then, you know, I think other folks may have things that they might want to have in place like funding, but to be honest, it's pretty unrealistic to have funding in place before you quit your job. I think that that's something that I realized um, fairly quickly is that a lot of investors are not really ready to write a check unless they know that you've been co you're, you're fully committed. So until you quit your job and really bootstrap for those first six to 12 months, it's, it's very challenging to convince someone else to give you money. 
And I think being mentally prepared for that is also something that you need to do before, before you embark on entrepreneurship. Definitely. So how far into the company are you? How many years have you been working on it? And you brought up funding. So the bootstrapping versus investing, how have you gone about sustaining the business? What we've done so far is basically built out an MVP and we have private beta customers currently building applications in Alta. We, we recently uh, partnered with the Wharton Female Founders Association to launch their holiday shop, which features uh, almost 100 female founders that are Wharton alums that uh, have shops uh, and are selling uh, their products online, which is really amazing. And we've been working on the product for about a year. So we tried to iterate very quickly where we wanted to launch something within the first three months that users could use. So we launched a very basic prototype um, at the beginning of this year and got a lot of user feedback, kind of closed that prototype and then went back to the drawing board and really decided to focus on very specific flows and very specific features. And so we've been working on that for, for the past um, year now. And I would say that the way that I really thought about our growth and our funding in general has been very strategic. So I think it's really important to think about who do you want to be part of your journey and how much are you willing to give away of your company to get there? So we've mostly focused on angel investors or earlier stage VCs at this point who've invested in us in a pre-seed round, which has been really helpful for us to like figure out what our final strategy is. And then we've been able to hire a small team. So we have a designer working with us, two other engineers, um, and a part-time marketing person that's working with us right now. So our team is still quite small, but I think it's important to really think about have you found your product market fit? Have you know what is your cash burn? And especially with the macroeconomic environment becoming a little bit more fragile these days, really knowing your burn rate and your willingness to spend is very important right now. I think with like the current economic environment, I think the grow, grow, grow mentality has calmed down a little bit now. And I think that companies need to be a little bit more strategic about like how they fundraise, how much they want to give away of their company and what investors they want to partner with. And so I would say that we've been very strategic to do but while we're doing that. And we are growing at a pace that like we are excited about. That makes me also think about other programs besides, you know, investors that you can go to for funding. I know you're part of uh, AWS's Impact Accelerator for Women Founders. I'm, I'm curious about how that has affected your journey. It's been really amazing to be part of the AWS Impact Accelerator for Women. I think that we were so excited when we heard that we were part of the program and it's, it's a few different things. So one, clearly the AWS brand is amazing. So having them backing our company really, really helps us motivate ourselves, our team, our investors, our customers. And so I think that's a huge piece of why we are really excited to be part of the program. But the other reasons that we are really excited to be part of the program is 
being surrounded by 24 other amazing female founders is a huge privilege. It's amazing to see folks that have been working in their companies for years and really willing to share their knowledge around what are the things that we should anticipate or the things that we should think about as we get more mature in our company. And I'm just so impressed by the women that I've met. They are so generous and they've really donated their time to give advice to each other. So whether that's marketing advice, advice about hiring or advice about firing, advice about social media strategy, people are just really willing to give their time to help other female founders and really uplift everyone. So having that community of other founders has been really incredible. Getting that support and feedback from the women at AWS, but also the men that are allies for women founders is really incredible. And I think that just being able to be part of this community that really wants women to succeed in an area where there's just not enough female founders today, I think is really amazing. And I'm, I'm very blessed to be part of this community. You have some specific expertise in product management. I'm curious if you have any specific advice for founders while they're thinking about their product, while they're thinking about the development process um, and how to go about that from what you've learned from your experience working at Zillow and House. Yes. So I would say that the most important thing to keep in mind as founders are developing their product is how do you most meet the user's needs and really understand their pain points and whether or not your solution solves their most important problem? So you can spend a lot of time and get very distracted on different cool features or thing, small things that your users say they want. But when you think about your product, it's really important to focus on what's the most important value that you're providing someone. You really have to think about like, does my specific product fulfill the most important need that my customer has? And when we think about, when we think about Ulta, one of the biggest pain points that we often hear from users is how long it takes to get something that they are proud to share with other people. And mm -hmm. so the other users of Ulta are really potential beta users, potential customers, potential investors. And so what we really focused on is can we get to this aha moment as quickly as possible so that users can get something that they're proud to share with other people. But I think that my biggest piece of advice for founders today is be very clear about who your customer is, what their problem is, and then how your solution specifically addresses their problem. That's Sonka Vu of Alta. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you in the next episode.